Are you ready to take your real estate investing business to the next level? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. With your mentors, Wayne and Gabby. Good morning and welcome to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Today is Tuesday, November the 29th, 2022. The weather today will be a high of minus 13 degrees in Edmonton, minus 9 degrees in Saskatoon, and 7 degrees in Toronto. Thank you, Evie. Hey, ma'am. Are you seeing this beautiful morning? This could be a good day. <laughs> you don't think I so? I guess so. Yeah. You, you guess so? <clears throat> good morning, everybody. We're broadcasting live as we do every morning, Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. Mountain Time on the Podbean app. Come join us live. That's where the fun's at. Win great prizes. All you got to do is go download that app and search up the Real Estate Investing Morning Show and join in like everybody else is this morning. What do we got joining us today? We have Kathleen all the way from Edmonton. I can't t- say where everybody's from. You can from. just say it. You can say it normal. <laughs> normal. We have David and Matt and Chastin, Joshua, John, Kyle. We have Josh. We have Matt. We have John. I already said that. Good morning, Garrett. Good morning, Kyle. Good morning, Elray. Garrett, Jeremy, Nathan. Good morning, Scotty. Good morning, Ryan. Nathan. Don't sigh like that when you say Scotty's name. Scotty's like, oh, she clearly Scotty. doesn't care about me. It's like, no, you, no, here's what you said. <laughs> Good morning, Scotty. <sighs> Don't be like that. He didn't wake up early for this shit. <laughs> say my name. Wayne just said it was going to be a great day. And then Gabby just. It all here, let me, let me try. Uh, watch this. Is Space Matt here today? Yeah. Space Matt's here? Oh, Space Matt's here. I'm Spaceship Superstar. That's how you introduce people in the morning. It's <laughs> <laughs> one way. <laughs> Space Matt is here with his solar power laser beam guitar. I was really disappointed just then. I thought for sure that you clipped Biff Naked and I was about to like jam out. No, there's no Biff Naked. There's Why? Prism. There's Prism. <laughs> is, there well, a, is there a space song by Biff Naked? Yeah. And it goes, Space Matt, oh Space Matt. There's actually a Space Matt? Rescu- no, it says Space Man. Yeah, Garrett agrees. Should be Biff. <laughs> well, I mean, ground ugh, space oddity could have been ground control to Major Matt, but it doesn't work. It's ground control to Major Tom. Trust me, I put some thought into it. <laughs> Anyways, Amanda's just tuning in. You're like, what the frick is going on here? <laughs> 
Does Carlos have a birthday today? Is Carlos even here? Uh, no, but everyone's wishing him a happy birthday in the oh, comments. Okay. Happy birthday, Carlos. Okay, then we do a happy birthday for Carlos as well. Do I have a happy birthday song? You better listen. <laughs> I come prepared. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> hey, thanks everybody for tuning in. Uh, I see Crispy P. Crisp, Crisp P. Crisp, Crisp P is here as well. You know, I uh, I saw I saw a post last night from someone saying that uh, um, Crispy has a uh, has a YouTube channel. I can't find it though. I was I was sitting I was laying awake in bed last night, trying to find Crispy's YouTube channel. I couldn't find it. So who said this? I think it was Jeremy said that Chris had a YouTube channel. Oh. So. So you need Crispy to share it. That's correct. Okay. Matt and Taylor both entered the room late. Good morning. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm going on a little field trip with uh, Matt today. You are. Heading down to Calgary once the show's over. Road trip. Um, For Matt's, the boys. Matt's going to... Yeah. <laughs> Woo! Get your playlist together. Oh, 100% Biff naked. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Matt's going to do a home inspection. I'm going to do a little quality inspection. And uh, we're going to quickly do that for about an hour and a half. And then we're going to turn around and come right back to Edmonton. Nice. So, fun little day trip. I don't know. Maybe we'll get a hot dog or something like that over at over at uh, Pete's, Peter's. Yeah. Don't start. Don't, I, I didn't do anything. Don't start. We're not going to share very, one. We're not going to share one. It's very out of the way. No. In Red Deer, you silly goose. Oh. Gasoline Alley. You guys should order one of those Oh, you just ruined it. There's no way I'm going to go get one now. You just ruined it. <laughs> yeah, Matt definitely wants Peter driving. Of course he does. <laughs> but she ruined it. I want you to know it was her fault. <laughs> no hot dog. Crispy says... Eric Ham is the YouTube channel. You no, have never not. found that. No, it's not. I looked it up. Oh. I looked it up. How did he spell it? E R I C A. Exactly as I spelled it. Everybody go to YouTube now. Okay. <laughs> Everyone grab their phone. Oh, they can't do it while they're listening. Yeah, they can. To the show. Can you? Okay. Go to Eric Ham. E R I C A M. Is that it? Eric Ham? Yeah. <clears throat> Oh shit, he is there. <laughs> I son of a bitch. I went Ericam construction and it completely took me in a completely different place. Okay, so everybody go to E R C I C A M and I want you to subscribe. And smash that subscribe button. You are gonna subscribe and smash those likes. Can we get Eric Ham more than 100 subscribers today? Come on, people. Get together. <laughs> Smile on your crispy brother. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it sounds, it sounds really weird when you say it out loud. In my head, it sounded okay. Um, yeah, it sounded really weird when it came out. <clears throat> oh, Ray smashed that subscribe button. Did he know? There we go. Uh, Kathleen says, go get donuts at Donut Mill. 
in uh, Gasoline Alley. We tr- we tried that once and we weren't fans. See, yeah, but it, the, the problem with going for donuts, here's the thing about donuts. Can't just go get one donut. No, it's not what I'm saying. <laughs> Stop finishing my sentences. <laughs> the thing about donuts these days is that they, they put too much shit on them. They want you to get the Reese's Pieces, peanut butter chunk, um, almond shaved, you know, donuts. And you're thinking, oh, my God, I'll look at all that shit that's on it, plus some whipped cream. And you bite into it, and it's just too much. It's too much. And the the, the strong chocolate taste and peanut butter taste just completely overwhelm the, the taste ratio of the donut. To the point where it's just not even good. It's like it's not a donut. It's a chocolate bar on top of a donut. And half the time it's too dried out because it was made over 12 hours ago. So that's why. (laughs) Tell us how you really feel. Well, it's just like, you know, Tim Hortons does the same thing. They have like all these super fancy ass donuts. They have some pretty basic donuts. They have. I'm talking about their fancy ass donuts right now. They have like two fancy ass donuts. They've always got their fancy ass donut in the month. And it's like. I don't, I don't buy them, but I'm thinking to myself, like, I, I know for a fact that's not good. <laughs> uh, Kathleen says apple fritter, yum. Do they, does the donut mill have apple fritters? Because those are Wayne's favorite. If that's the case, then I will stop. Yeah. If oh. you're saying they have the best apple fritter, Wayne will stop and he will get it. If, if Matt will allow him because Matt is driving. <laughs> Matt. <laughs> we get a donut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like uh you know sometimes we like i I saw it um yesterday liam got a donut party um calvin dropped off some Mm -hmm. donuts for him for for getting keys to his yeah his new property which we can talk about in a second and uh he got donut party just like the same thing like six of those monstrous donuts that have like 12 oreos on top of it it's a lot it's a lot that's like donuts for like a week yeah and so you cut like an eighth of that donut yeah, a quarter, a, a quarter feel, is even too much. Yeah, <laughs> and that's that's enough food to, yeah, to feed you for a week. That's that's what my experience at Donut Mill was. That's that's uh, the long story short. Is that's what my experience with the Donut Mill was in, in Gasoline Alley. I ordered some stupid donut and yeah. I completely regretted it. Yeah, I think we each ordered two. We're like, oh, we're gonna if we're gonna stop and get donuts, like let's get some donuts. Let's go. And it was yeah, all in. Sean See, says that Sherwood Bakery has the best apple fritter. So now we're going to get like all these cool upper apple fritter. Sherwood Bakery? Yeah. Sherwood Park? I'm, I'm guessing. Sherwood Drive? Just Sherwood Bakery. I'm guessing it's in Sherwood Park. Interesting. So everyone's asking us, how does this all tie into real estate? Hmm. Well, we have a property in Sherwood Park. And you have to celebrate your wins. And. With donuts. Oh. And I'm going to be driving to Calgary to check on my property. Where And on the way, I'm getting a donut and a hot dog. You're not on the same page. <laughs> I, I appreciate you trying to keep this show moving. but Maybe you should go back to bed. And I got this. Quick little commercial break. <laughs> Some of you might have heard us talking about DCI Properties and how much we like their process and deal flow as one of the premier wholesaling companies in Canada. But one of the things most people don't know about DCI properties is that they don't cherry pick deals for themselves. 
Everything they get under contract, they offer out to their buyers list. That's right. No sloppy seconds from no DCI. No sloppy seconds. <laughs> so if you're an investor looking for their next flip project or cash flowing rental property, get on their buyers list today and check out their inventory. To get on the list for Alberta deals, visit www.dciproperties.ca slash Alberta buyers or for Ontario deals, go to www.dciproperties.ca slash buyers. And we are back. Lots and lots of talk about donuts in the comments. <laughs> like Wayne, the donut purist. <laughs> and um, I really love that um, Matt wants burgers and sharks. <laughs> burgers and what? Sharks. <laughs> he misspelled shakes. <laughs> he likes when his, when his burgers bite back. <laughs> Oh my God! Uh, Garrett okay. says Gabby is lit right right up today. This is great. <laughs> Gab's been a little, little, um, little, little sweet and tangy for the last couple mornings, actually. Sweet and tangy. Well, you're not sweet like, and spicy. I'd say you're like a sweet and tangy. Am I like a chicken nuggy sauce? You're like a. <laughs> yeah. You're like a, a chicken nug, chug, chicken nuggy sauce. <laughs> oh my god! Does anyone have any questions not related to my flavor chicken tendy sauce. sauce and donuts? Please. Oh my gosh, Sean! What happened? My wife and I celebrated possession of our first property last night. Eating some Boston pizza on the floor. Yeah. Hells yeah. That's awesome. Congratulations. That's awesome. Congratulations, guys. Very cool. I love pizza on the floor in a new property. <laughs> what? Is that not like the thing to do? No. I Well, yeah, no? sure. Sure. No, I was just like, I don't know if you were ruining their moment or not. <laughs> No, I'm saying that's like iconic. Like that's what you do. Like yeah. that's fantastic. Yeah, I remember our first house. I do. I, like that's not just like I remember <laughs> my first house. No, I mean like I mean like I actually do remember our first house and we ate I think pizza on the floor and, and we a new got puppy. a puppy on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> Day of possession, Wayne called a, a guy with a puppy in. He dropped it <laughs> off. Said, "Can we see your pu can we see your puppy?" <laughs> And uh, yeah, we all sat on the floor <laughs> to see if we wanted this puppy and we took him. Yeah. It was great. That's fantastic. So what's uh, what's Sean doing with this property? Is this a home? Is this an investment property? Tell us why. <clears throat> we want to know. Good morning to Cody, who slipped in the back of the room. As did Francis. Oh, yeah. You can't sneak in like that. Well, we'll <laughs> see you. I strongly suggest you guys uh, listen to the recorded version later. It's been, it's been fire. Sean said it's their first income property. Fantastic. Tell us more. <laughs> so, Wayne? Yeah. What's going on? There's no questions. No questions? Do we have anything we can talk about? Um, no, but I have more prism sound clips. <laughs> Boring. 
gosh. As so we wait. Uh, Sean is turning it into a legal suited <laughs> rental. Minor renovations upstairs and full reno down. So is it a burr? You burring it? Yeah, we're just going to do this for the next 45 minutes. Just continue to keep asking yeah, more questions. Ask Sean more questions. We're going to have to work on your descriptive answers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you watch. We're going to get like a four paragraph answer now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. He's burning. <laughs> he's burning it. Fantastic. That's awesome. Um, and we do have a question. I see that there. Um, and is uh, uh, Sean, I, I, Sean in Fort Sask or Sherwood Park? Well, he likes donuts from Sherwood Park. Sherwood, Sherwood Park. Park. Sherwood Park. Got it. Also, the owner at Strathcona Exteriors. Good to know. Interesting. Sorry, I'm just creeping you online. <laughs> um, that's fantastic. Sherwood Park. So I would recommend reaching out to, if you haven't already, there's not many people that build uh, secondary suites in Sherwood Park. Your best connection for that would be Brian Person. Um, he's done a handful of uh, secondary suite conversions in Sherwood Park. It's been a few years, I think. I haven't seen him on the um, in the circuit for a while, but early 2020s, just 2019 was. Oh shoot, there was the blip. Maybe it was 2018. <laughs> I keep forgetting about the blip. Maybe it was like 2018. He he built a handful. So um, he'd be a really good person to connect with um, if you're having trouble with the city of Sherwood Park um, permits, that kind of stuff. It's not the same as Edmonton. They're, they've got their own thing. But uh, that's very exciting. I like I like Sherwood Park a lot. Yeah. Um, we've got one more property left for sale in Sherwood Park. We should be hearing today if yeah. those conditions are removed. We... um. We had a conditional uh, offer and then uh, I'm going to talk more about this one in like a week or two once it's all done um, just for just because Um, but uh, they weren't able to remove the conditions in time. It lapsed. Then they put another offer in for the same amount without a home inspection and just financing condition um, and asked for two more days. So that that's up today at 9 p.m. So if they remove the condition, the financing condition today, then it'll be uh, officially sold on uh, December 7th, so which is like next week. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Um, we did pretty well in Sherwood Park. Yeah. Those are our first two properties in Sherwood Park, I think. Yeah. First and only. Yeah. And uh, yeah, did relatively well. I like the city. Me too. I like the neighborhoods. And like all of the public amenities everywhere like the neighborhoods have like really cool like public spaces and like sport parks and just like I don't know it just it feels I guess it kind of feels like St. Albert like just like kind of more of like an upper class um I mean you're gonna probably pay more in property taxes but it's kind of worth it type of thing you know what I mean yeah I like yeah I I I could see how you like the fanciness of it well, it's just like more to do. Like you could just like the, the trail systems and the, it's just like, I don't know. It just feels like you could enjoy your neighborhood more. That's fair. Yeah. I like the simplicity of it compared to St. Albert. Um, easier to get around. Yeah, like, for sure. it, like it's, it's got that grid system thing going on Yeah. where like there's baseline, there's Y road, yeah. there's white mud, 
there's uh you know sherwood drive there's the you know the yellowhead that's that's pretty much it yeah and whatever that other highway is uh, but it's like it's 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 a pretty basic checkerboard yeah and um you can you can yeah you can get everywhere pretty quickly now inside those neighborhoods yeah. it's an absolute <laughs> clusterfuck um friggin' maze and everything has you know they all it's one of those cities or towns that has uh every neighborhood starts with the same letter you know like it'll have like an l neighborhood it'll be like lacombe drive lauderdale drive or like the woods loopty doop drive applewood maplewood yeah the wood yeah yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah of course so i mean inside the neighborhood is an absolute cluster but I like the fact that once I can get out of those neighborhoods, I know how to quickly get out. Whereas St. Albert's just, it's like, it's that is the yeah. whole town. The whole yeah. town is like. And if you maze. don't take the right street, then you need to like drive for a mile to get to the next one yeah. to turn around or to go like, yeah. It's <laughs> Hope you're listening, St. Albert. <laughs> and the other bad thing about St. Albert is we have a, a property on the market that won't sell. Yeah. So, so me and St. Albert. you, St. Albert. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're not on good terms. I'm changing my Facebook uh, status or relationship status. <laughs> complicated. It's complicated. Hundred <laughs> percent, it's complicated. Okay. Hey, oh, by the way, uh, Sean, um, just to summarize, uh, congratulations. Yes, indeed. Congratulations. Uh, another person um, got keys to a property yesterday. That was Liam, Masters mentee Liam. Oh yeah. Um, he got keys yesterday, and and six. Um, ridiculous donuts. And some Home Depot gift certificates. Yeah, we were, we were looking. We watched. <laughs> um, big congratulations on that. He uh, he picked up a townhouse for a really good price. Um, I think he beat out like 21 offers. Or five. I can't remember exactly. But but it was it was more oh. offers than, than, than most. It was one of those, uh, I think it was a court-ordered one. Oh, okay. Uh, for closure. Cool. So he uh, he got the winning bid. And also he, uh, he's going to be burying this property. So getting into it, um, doing some quick renovations and then, uh, burying it and keeping it as a rental property. So it's very exciting getting to not only, you know, do a burr, but also first, I, I think it's his first rental property. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very so, cool. Congratulations, Liam. Be like Liam. Take action. Yeah. Hells yeah. Right. He just did his first fix and flip this year. Got his first burr. He's going to be adding his uh, first property to his rental portfolio. So many firsts. Pretty dope. <laughs> uh, more donut uh, talk. Uh, Cody <laughs> says Italian bakery has the best donuts. Mm. Yes, they do. How many people are like sitting here thinking about getting ready to move to Edmonton after we talk about all these donut places? <laughs> I think there's going to be a lot of donut consumption today. Yeah. <laughs> What else we got here? Uh, Amanda asked, uh, when is the Bonavista being listed? Bonavista flip being listed. Well, <clears throat> came in a little late. Uh, we were talking about Matt and I. This is where all the donut talk came from. Um, did she come in late? I think it was Amanda that came in late. Yeah. Uh, Matt and I are actually heading up to Calgary for a quick little um, day trip today to go and do uh, an inspection of the property. It is supposed to be done and swept out today. Um. We'll see. Yeah. It, it sounds promising. Um, there's just so many little stuff that need to get done. But uh, did you ever tell them about the house numbers? No, they don't arrive until tomorrow, I think. Uh, okay. See if Evan can grab yeah. that. Um, 
yeah, it, it's pretty darn close. Um, so we'll go in there and we'll do uh, a little inspection today and uh, bring some tape. Remind me to grab that tape out of the car, <laughs> if you don't mind. Um, and uh, and then we'll quickly turn around. But afterwards, they can uh, finish up those things hopefully today while they're still there. Otherwise, they can come back tomorrow. Cleaner is tentatively scheduled for Thursday. Um or Friday, whatever works. And, uh, and then stager next week, Monday, meaning pictures midweek next week, meaning fresh listing shortly after, probably the following Monday, which would be the 12th, probably December 12th. Yeah, we'll have an open house on what, December 17th? <laughs> Just in time for Christmas. Yeah, it sucks. It is what it is. Like we we tried our best. This is supposed to be done October fifteenth. I wonder if um, our stager would put up a Christmas tree. Uh, it wouldn't be terrible, and then we can hang uh, stockings from those shelves. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah. Noted. I mean. It would have to, like, after Christmas, it would have to be taken down. Yeah. So it would be extra work that we'd have to pay for. Yeah. But, but if you left I think the, it'd be worth if it. If you left the lights on, if, if you could find some way to leave the lights on, I, that's a, a whole other topic. But you know what I mean? To pull up to the house and then. Is there going to be music, like, playing from the exterior speakers? Like, <laughs> I, it'd be like, it, we can have, like, uh, Okay, never mind. Just that bedroom window, just like you know, like where you can have the um, the Home Alone thing going on, <laughs> where the guy with the, the the hands on the strings, where Macaulay Culkin's got the guy in the shower. Yeah, he's got the guy. In, yeah. See, you guys, you guys can't see me, but I'm doing the I'm doing the thing. Um, see that, that? Yeah, anything to get attention, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, questions are pouring in. This is good. I'm saving all these questions now as we go through the comments. Get going. So 30 minutes of talk, talking about nonsense. And 30 minutes of answering questions. Funny thing is, is that we're probably going to get into like a really deep, serious conversation now. And I'm going to title the podcast appropriately. You know, something about... Deferring um, taxes. Deferring taxes on your real estate investment property. And uh, and then someone's going to have to go through this 30 minutes of this nonsense like, are they going to start talking about deferring taxes? <laughs> Must be a shit podcast to listen to the replay of. Oh like, my. you've got to be live or else, like, bust. <laughs> oh, it, it must be so super annoying when you're trying to get the answer to your question that as, you know, as it's been titled, and then to have to put up with this shit for 20 minutes before you get into it. Don't, donuts and deferments. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Okay, Garrett. Garrett, what? Who who said that? Uh, Sean. Sean. Okay. All right. <laughs> nice, one, Sean. Garrett's normally the one that hops right in there with the. I was just trying to guess and ask myself. Wayne, did you see my comment last night about yours and El Ray's podcast episode? Uh, I don't think so. Because I left a really funny comment, and you were asleep. Oh, that they bleeped the fuck out of me. <laughs> it's, 
in movies. Why didn't you like it or laugh at it? I I saw it when I woke up. I've been I've been busy getting ready for the show. I haven't had a chance. It was pure gold. I was so proud of myself. The dog was barking. It was just it was a really annoying rise this morning. Annoying rise. Okay. Anyways, those questions, hey. Um so on that on that note, uh, yes, I was a featured. I was a guest on uh, the Building Wealth Through Real Estate. Did I get it right? So- sounds legit. Sounds good. The Building Wealth Through Real Estate podcast. Um, El Ray Nobles. Said yes. Yes, perfect. Nailed it. Uh, yeah, that got released yesterday. Yeah. Um, it was a whole 90 minutes. Yeah, it was an hour and a half. I listened to it yesterday while you I listen? was working. Babe, yeah. you listen? I think, honestly, Wayne, I think that might be the first podcast that i've listened to yeah um of yours yeah. like the first interview that you've been a part of that i've ever like stopped and listened to that's why i'm shocked <laughs> you listen to it i've been on a lot of podcasts gab i know and i haven't listened to any of them it's hilarious like even in the early days i put out a piece of content i'm like hey do you see that piece of content content of that video i did she's like no <laughs> like hey hon i i went and i spoke at this event okay are you coming no <laughs> You'd assume she'd be my biggest fan, but she's not. She's actually like my biggest skeptic. <laughs> Zero support. Anyways, Zero support in my brand building. It was a great. It was a great podcast. Was it? And but and Elray did bleep the fuck out of you. Okay, sounded like there was a big butt coming. There was there. It was like and beep and a beep beep and and, a, and then I was beep and a beep. <laughs> I asked the first beep. That's as you far did as ask, I, but I, he, he was like, yeah, I like it. He, he was like timidly like, yeah, it's, it's okay. And you're like, oh, okay, great. Fuck, 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 <laughs> fucking fuck. <laughs> See, uh, I, I haven't listened to the whole thing yet. And to be completely honest, I kind of blacked out. I don't even remember what I said. So like, I'm still, I got up to the first beep. Um, <laughs> And I kind of skimmed up to that point because I had just haven't had a chance to listen to it. But um, I don't. I also don't like listening to myself that much. Um, but uh, I don't remember what I was saying. But I remember it being like something serious, like talking about serious shit. I kind of went down a ra- that kind of yeah. rabbit hole. And uh, when I do, it's that's when I curse. I either curse when I'm being serious or when I'm being funny. So pretty much all the time. Kristen, <laughs> Kristen makes a great. Great point here. She said he even said he was going to keep it to a minimum, <laughs> which you did. <laughs> How many times did I swear? A lot. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. It was great, though. <laughs> <laughs> now everybody's going to, well, yeah. I mean, this is this is good promo yeah, for, good promo for, for LRA's LRA. podcast. Um, you should, LRA, you should check right now how many views it has and then check back in the later today <laughs> all right you should do a promo right now um and ask everyone to go and listen to the podcast and the the first person to tell you how many how many curse words or how many beeps there were uh will get a free 20 dollars gift card to the donut party <laughs> or the donut mill in gasoline alley or a sherwood bakery or sure ba- yeah fill in the blank that's awesome sorry i i'll i'll i'll, I'll venmo you <laughs> oh, you transfer you the 20 bucks. 
you can also so once this episode is released just like clip us talking about it and then post it as your promo with a link to your youtube <laughs> yeah look at that 31 minute mark on the podcast clip it yeah there you go <laughs> Hey, and uh, yeah, we, we talked about um, Crispy's YouTube channel today, but go down and, and subscribe to the Building Wealth and Real Estate podcast as well. Do it. I was the 10th guest. <laughs> what, what's so funny? Nothing. Comments. Smash that subscribe button, though. Kristen says, I don't know where this came from, but we're listening about Wayne's cursing, and my four-year-old says classic and chuckles. <laughs> <laughs> it is classic classic wayne <laughs> i'm not a swearer yes, i'm are. not though i'm not it's like you, you just kind of get comfortable in it you know what i mean yeah. it becomes funny like gabby was mentioning the other day she's like this whole swearing thing with our daughter is getting a little out of hand yeah it's like you need to reel it in <laughs> but like we got a little close-knit you know little community in our house here like it's just like <laughs> You know, there's, we don't have three kids. So it's like, you know, the three of us are just like, she's one of the adults. Yeah. She's one of the adults. And like when she's not, she's when she's, ref so the other day she's, you know, bitching and complaining. Sorry. Uh, she's complaining about um, apples in her salad, which I mean, most of us, we can split the room right now. Apples do not belong in salad. Okay. So there's apples and spinach and salad, and she's got three little uh, cuts of apples left in a, in a, in a, in a mangly little piece of spinach and I'm spending 20 minutes trying to get her to finish this and I like 20 minutes at the table and I'm just like cursing in her face just like would you eat the goddamn fucking apples and Gab was getting mad at me because like she's like you're taking this a little too far <laughs> I swear to fucking god <laughs> but that's yeah it's it's he kind of like it, it kind of becomes fun you know what I mean swearing at a seven-year-old <laughs> It's it is fun. It's like how far can I take this? <laughs> um, what the hell? Like even yesterday, she. So, uh, I hope she's not listening. She'll get mad. But like we were, t we were like when you were doing your your women's mastermind, something something. Um, I don't know. Um, oh, I remember now. Um, you found another puddle in in um in the, the basement that was leaking. And uh, and I'm like, oh my god, we were really Everly and I were playing Roblox, and um. I'm like, oh, just one second. I gotta, I gotta resolve this thing. I've got another little leak in the basement. She goes, which property? And I'm like, oh, this property. She goes, oh, what the shit? <laughs> I kind of looked at her. That's the first time she's like kind of sworn with me. So yeah, it's, she's a little adult. <laughs> what the shit? <laughs> I love it. Thirty-five minutes into the show now. Deferments. Uh, pardon me. <laughs> Deferments. Deferring taxes. Oh. These are different mints. <laughs> okay, getting through the comments. Are we almost, yeah, more or less? Um, okay, uh, someone had a question. <laughs> um, do you ever think the Scotty P and Chris P fight over their name? No, I do not. Okay. Uh, is there a way to defer paying taxes on capital gains from flipping? 
Wow, this show just got very boring. <laughs> Let's just end it. <laughs> Uh, thank you for your question, Scotty. Uh, no, there is no way of deferring paying taxes on capital gains from flipping. Um, it's income, right? Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's business income. If you if you're in the business of, of flipping houses, right? And um, this is this is definitely a question for your accountant. Do not ask the guy who curses too much on a podcast, right? Even though. I kind of know. You should always double check with your accountant and uh, make sure that uh, whatever you're doing, you have a good tax strategy. Any business that you're creating, a rental business, a fix and flip business, a rent-to-own business, wholesaling business, uh, a service business, or a a sales business. Um, But when you... I mean, the most strategic thing that you can do, generally speaking, is to... Uh, buy these properties underneath your corporation, and then when you get those, uh, when you pay the taxes on that, you're only going to be paying business tax, which is was it ten percent, fifteen percent, ten percent, ten percent. Yeah. <clears throat> Thank you. Uh, you're going to pay ten percent, and then the the proceeds, the profit is going to stay within your corporation, and you will not pay personal income tax. Now, if you did these flips under your personal name, then all of that income would be taxed on under your personal income tax. And the more person, the more income that you make, so you have your job plus your flip plus your flip in six months or whichever, all of that income gets added on to your, you know, um, on your personal income tax. And the more income you make, the higher the tax bracket that you go in. So if you want to be strategic about it, you want to pay yourself the least amount of money on your personal income. Um, so keep it within the corporation and then all those profits will only be taxed at 10%, right? And then you can go and use those profits to buy more properties under your corporation, reducing the amount of taxes you pay today. Now you will pay personal income tax on that money at some point in your life. When you pull that money out of your corporation, you will receive it as income and you will get taxed on it in whatever tax bracket you're in on your personal income. But you can be strategic about it to ensure that you pay the least amount of taxes. Mm -hmm. Do not pay it all out. Don't pay $800,000 worth of profit or or, um, dividend or or salary out to yourself out of your corporation in one year because you're just going to, you're going to get pushed in a super high tax bracket. But if you were to be strategic and start paying yourself out $60,000 per year when you're after you're 65, you're going to be a significantly lower tax bracket. I mean, you're going to save quite a bit, but this is a question for your accountant to make sure that you're doing proper like tax planning and having a good tax strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, there's lots of different cool stuff that you can do if you understand, you know, the tax laws. Um, but it's a it's question. It's not your job to understand them, though. It's your accountants. Yeah. So just talk to your accountant and ask them what they think is the most appropriate. Um, you know. You and you know your your spouse. You can um, pay yourselves out a strategic amount every year. There's a certain threshold where you don't pay any taxes, or you pay a minimal amount of taxes. If you can both pay each other that much, 
you know what I mean, is your salary. You're going to pay very minimal amount of taxes. You can, um, yeah, it, it, I don't want to get too far into it because I'll probably say something that's wrong. But definitely a conversation for your accountant. As far as like deferring, you know, paying taxes on the capital gains from flipping, um, no. I mean, you're going to get taxed on it. That's um, that's a guarantee. Yep. You could uh, take Ryan's advice. The more you spend, the less you make, and then you can pay less taxes. The more you spend, <laughs> the less you make, and then you can pay less taxes. As long as you spend that money under in your corporation. In case just being silly. Like if oh, you overspend, you you cut into that, you know, profit, less profit means oh, less taxes. Oh, more shiplap. <laughs> more shiplap. Yes. <laughs> what else we got going on here? There's some more questions along the way, was there We not? got questions, but no additional <laughs> comments in regards to that answer? No, except that... Uh, Tax talk. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna go get a donut. <laughs> and she spelt it. I'ma go. I'ma go get a donut. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> okay. Uh, the other the, the couple others, but um. Okay, on the topic of flipping, how do you research a flip and if it's a good investment? You answered this question on our rentals yesterday, but said flips were different. Interesting. I did, didn't I? How do you research a flip and if it's a good investment? We did a whole workshop on that. Um, no matter what answer I give you, it's not going to be enough. And that's that's what I hate about these types of answers. So this isn't me delaying it. This is me trying to figure out what's the most concise way of answering your question that will provide you value. Um. We were talking about neighborhoods yesterday, though, if I recall. How do you choose a neighborhood for a flip? I don't like, honestly, I don't remember the conversation at all. Oh, you might have been gone. You left with the dog. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, I was like, this is not ringing a bell. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, the, the question was, how do you choose a neighborhood for a good investment? And I said, is it a flip or a rental? And then he said both. And I said, okay, well, that's... That's um, two different two different answers. When you're choosing a neighborhood, it, um, it's it's obviously you want same kind of thing. You're going to choose a market, uh, a province, a city, right? That supports it, support, supports the financials, that supports the fundamentals. Um, a fix and flipping is a much shorter term strategy. In and out in four months, whereas long term rentals or long term buy and holds. You know, you need to make sure that it's going to stay, you know, sustainable and 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 continue to, um, it'll sorry, it'll match your strategy for you know at least ten years. Fix and flips is kind of like a you can get in and out kind of thing. What's hot right now? <laughs> like what's in demand now instead of like yeah. what's the longevity of? Because buyers yeah. like you can have a huge demand for buyers this month, and then next month it's there's there's not. There could be a shortage of inventory this month, but you know next month there's not. Um, so when you're choosing a neighborhood, to answer that question, choosing a neighborhood for fix and flips, you want to make sure that you have lots of good comparables. So Edmonton, for example, or Calgary, let's let's use Edmonton. Uh, Edmonton, for example, you you have to find those neighborhoods that fix and flippers frequent in. 
where there's lots of sold comparables for um, houses that have sold that are flip quality because you're going to use that as your reference material for when you are going to sell your property. So if you know that a house in Dover Court sold, renovated, like to the standard of what you sell your fix and flips for, and it sold for 500000 And there's another comp, another sold comparable that was in the last three to six months that sold for 500000 in the same area. And they're both about the same houses. And then another sold that was around five fifteen in the same area, about the same. Three, three uh, bedroom, 1,100 square foot bungalow. Simple stuff. And they're all flip quality. Then you know this is a good area to flip properties because there's lots of, you have lots of reference. So when you go to flip a property, you know exactly what you're going to be selling it for. And if a buyer comes along and is interested in buying your flip, when they ask the realtor to pull comparables, they're going to be like three comparables right here, same street, same square footage, same bedrooms, same finishes, all between five hundred dollars and $515,000. You can prove the value of your property. Because you don't get to decide what your property is worth. You can, but it's it's only what a buyer is willing to pay. And a buyer wants some sort of assurance that they are not overpaying for a property. Mm-hmm. So if you have that good information, and you've chosen Dover Court, and you know that flipped properties sell between five hundred dollars and $515,000, now you can reverse engineer that deal. Okay, here's the cost of my renovations in order to get it to that standard or that level of finishing. And this is how much profit I want to make. Subtract all those numbers from um, that 500000 Subtract the realtor fee. Subtract your holding costs. And that will tell you what you need to buy that property for. Make sense? Yeah. So you need to find a neighborhood that supports fix and flipping. If you look in the comparables for the last 6 to 12 months and there's nothing it's going to be very hard to set that standard because you, you can't be a trailblazer. Yeah. You and that's risky. You don't want to be a trailblazer. You don't want to come into a neighborhood and be like, I'm going to be the first person to come and sell a fix and flip in this area in the last 12 months for $515,000. Because when someone comes in and they see it, they're going to love your house, but like they're going to ask the realtor, is this a good price? And the realtor's going to be like, well, there's nothing really much to compare it to. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a really nice house. If you like it, you can buy it. And if their financing happens to require an appraisal, you don't know where that'll come into, right? Well, that's exactly it because all they're going to see is the comparable of you buying it for $300,000 four months ago. Yeah. Right? So the bank's going to come in and appraise it and they're going to see that you bought yours for $300,000, but it was an absolute dump. But the houses across the street are all valued at three hundred and fifty. dollars why is yours worth 500 and you're going to make the justification because i spent 110,000 dollars on this thing yeah but they don't they don't see that and right? so the risk in that is that your potential buyer might be like well i like the property and and i'll pay whatever mm-hmm. you know the price is but if the bank says well it's not worth that much then that person cannot get financing to purchase your property and that's the risk yeah but you know excluding that for a second um, ultimately, if they can get financing and, and that doesn't apply, um, a buyer will buy it if they love it. Yeah. But, and, and if that's the case, then you will be the trailblazer. You will, you're going to be the one that sets the standard for that neighborhood 
being the first person to sell it for 500, 515 and flippers are going to love you or you're going to love yourself because you're going to come in and buy more for 300, you know, in that neighborhood and then sell them for 500 because now you have a comparable, which is yours, right? But until someone does that, it doesn't become a standard, right? So that's that's how you choose a neighborhood. Um, I have a handful or two handfuls of neighborhoods in Edmonton. I have some in Shore Park and St. Albert and some in Calgary. And those are just the neighborhoods that I look at. I'm constantly like I have my searches set up with my realtor. I tell my wholesalers, this is where I look. This is where I buy because I know those neighborhoods. I know how much they sell for because they always sell for that price. And I know how much I need to buy it for. I know those numbers like the back of my hand. Yeah. So when someone sends me a deal, or a realtor, you know, um, comes up and says, "Hey, we got a, we got a, um, a property that just popped up in this neighborhood, in Dovercourt or wherever." And um, I'd be like, "Okay, cool. What's the price? Okay, cool. Does it need a furnace? Yeah. Roof good? Okay. Yeah. Cool. I'll buy it. I don't have to think about it. I don't have to run the numbers because I already know those numbers. I know what it sells for. I know what my renovation costs." are and I know what my financing costs are so therefore I know what I need to buy it for and it makes it very fast and easy when something comes in the market I can put an offer in that day I'm not sitting on it waiting for a week trying to figure out how many and how and if I should do it or not yeah um can I talk about some of the challenges of those types of neighborhoods though where Dovercourt no, not I. I don't even know where Dovercourt is. I keep hearing people talk about Dovercourt. It's just I have an obscure no neighborhood. <laughs> that I chose, but um, I'm thinking particularly like um, Otwell here in Edmonton, and it is like there's tons of flipping that goes on in Otwell. But one of the challenges that that also presents is that, for instance, when we put our Otwell house on the market it was saturated with other flip properties that were also on the market for sale. Mm -hmm. And so the key point that we always try to drive home is that you need to be the best renovation. You need to be the nicest house in the neighborhood. And when you're competing with other people flipping, that becomes the of utmost importance that you've done purpose yeah yeah that you've done the absolute best renovation because if now you're in competition with other flippers in the same neighborhood who also have their houses on the market at the same time and that can cause problems for for selling quickly so there's you know while you do want that type of neighborhood where there's sold comps and you have you know lots of comparables to justify your your end price um it can serve as also a challenge at the same time mm -hmm. As a follow-up question, I said, what would be a minimum uh, number of comps you would want? Uh, I don't necessarily think I have an answer for that. I'd say a few. A few. Yeah. You know, enough enough to... Not just one. <laughs> um, yeah, enough, enough for people to be satisfied and assured. Um, it's not for me. It's for the buyers. Yeah. It's for my end buyer. Um, to justify my price. Yeah. I want to know, like, I want to know that I've got good reference material for, for what my, for what my, my sale price should be, because I don't want to be caught with bad comps. And then I've set a price and then everybody comes back and says it's price too high. Yeah. Right. That's why it's really important to have a really strong investor focused, um, 
smart, sorry, investor focused um, realtor on your team to ensure that they have a very good understanding of the after repaired value as well. Don't just go by what you think the comps say because the, your realtor is going to have a better understanding of like, yeah, I know you said that neighborhood, but keep in mind that you're also like two doors down from the dump or that waste collection center. Um, and therefore it smells, or you're actually one, you're, you're right next door to the, um, the, the train, um, uh, stop. And therefore there's a lot of transients that hang around, you know, in the yard at your place. So there's, you got to find that, yes, you're in the right neighborhood. Yes. You're right next to the train, but at the same time, sometimes you want to be at least five to 10 houses away from the train. You know what I mean? So that you're not getting a whole lot of, uh, riffraff and, and whatnot. And, and a lot of, because when someone comes to look at the house and they're going to see all that stuff, you know, it, it's going to turn them off. So anyways, uh, comps, um, I, a few, but I mean, like if we were to look right now, let's say if you were to look in February or March, are you going to see any comps for the last three months? No, because it was winter. There was nothing sold. So um, I always pull 12 months and then I focus on the, the last three to six. Yeah. But if I need to stretch a little bit further into 12 months, then I'll do that. If I need to look into neighboring uh, communities. communities, then I can look into that as well, just to, to, to be certain. But most of the, the neighborhoods that we choose are, are very common flipping neighborhoods. So it's the same price year after year, and it might just go up a little bit or down a little bit every year. Mm. Um, that, that's, that's safe, secure fix and flip strategy right there. It, you can totally, you know, pick up a property in a neighboring, in a neighborhood that doesn't do flips and you can buy it for cheap enough and sell it for high enough. But it's just like, I kind of want a safe, repeatable, like replicable um, business model. I want to stay in the same neighborhoods because I know them well and I know they'll sell fast. If you buy one in some random neighborhood, even though the, the price is good and the after repair value is good and the, the renovation's good, it might not move as quickly because people are looking for a certain neighborhood. This is where they want to live. This is where they buy fix and flips. You know, these communities might be more family communities that you're looking at. And there's just, there's not a demand for people to buy fix and flips in that area. So um, definitely do your research. Yep. I think I did pretty well on that. I think you did too. Armando comes in with five minutes left. <laughs> Armando. You missed 55 minutes of pure gold today. <laughs> did I say 55 or did I meant to say five? <laughs> five minutes of pure gold today. Remember um, that you can't go over time today. So pick your, your last five minute questions. Well, I'll answer, I'll answer Kyle's question because I haven't answered answer one of Kyle's questions for like three weeks. Because <laughs> like, are you going to answer my question about private lending? <laughs> Kyle asked, how often do you, <clears throat> excuse me, how often do you lowball on offers? Let's say 30 to 50K below asking. Also, does it piss your realtor off or taint your reputation? That's a great question. Mm -hmm. It is. And it's a concern that a lot of people have. Mm -hmm. um, I will write whatever goddamn offer I want. Uh, you hear I, me? When, 
when I want a property, I will offer whatever price that I need it to be in order for it to make sense. It depends on how many options I've got. If I've got a lot of properties that have a lot of, um, there's a lot of opportunities, then I'll focus on those ones first. And then like, if I'm not getting any offers accepted or there's a limited amount of deals on the market, I'll start expanding my search a little bit to properties that are a little more expensive and then I'll just write lower offers. But I mean, typically I'll, I'll start with the easy ones, the low hanging fruit first. But then if, if, if it's not working out and I can't get something and I want something, then say, for example, you will use that. I need to buy a house at $300,000. I'll probably look at the $300,000 and the $320,000 listings first and try to get those. But if like, I'm, I'm, I'm striking out and it's not working, then I'll go to the three fifties and the three sixties and I'll try and find the ones that are a little more like dilapidated and that need a little bit more, like the ones that are a little dirtier. And then I can use that justification. Um, the fact that it's a little run down to write a lower offer. And then last resort, I will write offers on three, six, $360,000 houses for 300 and see if they bite. You know what I mean? The only way you're going to know is to just try. Um, and this is a business, right? So write lots and lots and lots and lots of offers. You, we, you need to buy. <laughs> you need to buy a property at $300,000 and sell it for 500. That's your numbers. And like, if that's what you need, then do whatever the heck it takes. I don't care what people think about me. I don't care if I put an offer out and someone says, go, go, go screw yourself. I don't. Like, if they do, great, then I'll move on. Maybe I'll even come back in 30 days and I'll write the same offer again, see if they change their mind. You know what I mean? This is business. This isn't, I'm not trying to be best friends with this person. It's business. And you never know. One in a hundred might say, screw it, fine. Because Have, have we ever had one? Accepted? Uh, let me think. I, have to th I, I don't think much about the negotiations. Um, one. I think uh, Loyola. Two, not like three. Um, a lot of them actually. Yeah. A lot of them. Four, five, four. That one wasn't five. Yeah. Oh yeah. I. I have to. For some reason, I I don't remember the negotiations very well on yeah. most of the properties. Um. A lot of the ones we bought this year were in the hot market, so yeah. it didn't really, no. but yeah, no, absolutely, we have. Um, what I was getting at was that you might have to get 100 no's until you get a yes, and that'll be good enough, right? That There's no excuse. And the, the second part of this question, I'm just going to finish this off and then we'll finish the show, was um, does it piss your realtor off or taint your reputation? Um, I think it would piss your, <laughs> I think it would, uh, I would piss, if I were a realtor, I'd be pissed off if you were just wasting my time writing lowball offers and never buying anything. Yeah. But see me, I buy stuff and my realtor knows that I buy stuff. So is it a waste of time for my realtor? 
Absolutely not. He knows I'm going to write a hundred offers, but he also knows I'm going to buy one of them. Yeah. I was just going to say this. If you've have a, if you've had a really good conversation with them that you are ready to go, your financing is lined up, your private lender is waiting, um, you know, for you to get that deal. You just need to find it. <clears throat> they want to get paid. Your realtor wants to get paid. So are they going to write a whole bunch of offers for you? And they know that, you know, once one of them gets accepted, you're going, you're moving on it. Hell yeah, they are. They're going to get a payday. Yeah. If you're not writing offers and you're just waiting for a magical unicorn to appear, that's, you know, the perfect price for you. And then maybe you'll go see it, but you're going to be like, mm, I don't know. Is this a good one? I don't know. The inspection said this. I don't know if it's the right one to take. Then they're going to be probably more pissed off writing those offers for you than they are knowing that you're ready to take action. Mm -hmm. So if you've had the right conversations and they know where you're at and then you're not just kicking tires and trying to get like just hoping for a good deal and then you'll go check it out. Yeah. Hell yeah, they're going to be okay with it. Absolutely. It's it, if you're a trigger puller, the type of person that actually takes action and buy stuff, then yeah, they'll do whatever it takes. And that's the treatment that I get because I'm the kind of guy that that actually follows through and does what I say I'm going to do. But if you're the type of person that's just like, you know, they're dragging out and spending Saturdays and, and Wednesday nights with you just week after week after week after week and you're just like complaining, I can't get any deals. Then, yeah, they're going to probably start to get a little pissed off with you. They won't say it, but it's going to be it's going to be evident. So make sure you're the type of person that's actually ready to go about closing and you have all your ducks in a row like gabby said you didn't quack, quack. <laughs> then uh th then it won't be a problem but uh annette was saying we're finding we need to offer 50k under on most deals to make the numbers work okay do it yep just do it if that's what it takes um i can tell you for a fact that i've seen plenty of deals that you're probably missing you just need to ask me for a little more help Mm. Use that mentorship program. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Matt's got one lined up that I was helping him out with. Um, that was exclusive to the masters group. There, um, he jumped on it though. That's the thing. It's, yeah. it's, you get you have to you have to ask for help and you have to jump on opportunities when they come up. But this, uh, that goes to the same thing for you know the market as well. Like just write lots and lots and lots of offers and make sure you're in a position where you're ready to go. And you're ready to pull the trigger. Yeah. And if you're that type of person, you have all your ducks in a row and you have, you know, the money lined up and you're ready to take action and you jump on a property as soon as it comes in the market and you write an aggressive offer and you go down there right away, then you will get deals. But if you're not willing to do that, I'm not saying this to Annette, I'm just saying and generally speaking to most investors, if you're not willing to do whatever it takes, you will not find the deals that are 50K under asking. Mm -hmm. I will. You got to be willing to do whatever it takes because otherwise, you know, wasn't there a question recently? Someone asked about like, um, they asked about, you know, should we ask, we're going to write an offer that's a little bit lower and our, our realtor wants to ask um, the other realtor if they, if the buyer seller would be willing to accept a lower offer. And so they did. And then the selling realtor said, uh, no, I know for a fact that my client is not going to be willing to accept an offer that low. 
you didn't write an offer though. <laughs> How do you know? You know what I mean? Of course. Like if, if my realtor called me up and says, Hey, you know, someone's interested in writing an offer. They just want to know if you're willing to accept something $50,000 and are asking, I'd say, tell them to get fucked or in a nicer way. Uh, tell them that, uh, no, we will not be looking at any offers underneath this price. It's a hundred percent what I would say. So the only way to truly know is to put your offer in there and put it on there, you know, in front of them and, and to determine whether they're willing to take it or not. Maybe they're willing to have a discussion. Maybe you have you no idea what's going on on their end. They might have just had like 20 viewings and not a single person was remotely interested. Or two offers that fell through. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, it might have had conditions and then fell through and then another offer came in that they accepted and it fell through. You talked about Loyola earlier. That's why I got Loyola. Yeah. Was because somebody went in with a conditional offer and it was higher. But they 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 ended up walking away because of home inspection. I came in with an unconditional offer, significantly lower, and then they came back and said, "Would you be willing to still offer that?" Because they just wanted to be done with it, right? Wrap it up. All right. Today's a Tuesday. Tomorrow's a Wednesday. I suppose we'll see you guys then. Sorry. <laughs> Bye, guys. Thanks for listening. To the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Interested in being a guest on the show? Send us an email to info at reimorningshow.com.